would be a net positive. Like, I don't know. Anyway, anyway. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so fuck, man. Uh. Anyway, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe, the show that's had to rename itself like six or seven times thanks to the PC police. I'm Max. And I'm JR. That's actually, that's a that's a lie, in case it was unclear that that was a joke. That's a joke. Uh, We've never changed our name. No. Well, we've I, uh, I specifically remember changing the name during the show and then changing it back. Well, you're right, yeah. <laughs> and it's never been because of the PC police. No, uh, it's been because we went on a 14-minute rant about Transformers or something. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> If I if you if you tell me, hey, you remember that time you went on a rant about Transformers? I'm gonna be like, I need something. More. <laughs> uh, give me, I mean, which by the way, this let me, year, no, <laughs> which by the way, Soundway, fuck him. <laughs> no, uh, War for Cybertron. Not looking forward to it. But anyway, oh, okay. Um, just because I feel like. I feel like it used to be. It used to be. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'll be quick. It used to be that within the Transformers fandom, there was the current show. And then there was the odd Generation 1 thing that was just kind of there to keep people my age happy. (laughs) The former is no longer true. Now it's all Generation 1 all the time. And it's just kind of like, no, you're not, I can't imagine you're bringing in new fans this way. Yeah. You know? So, whatever. Um, so, how's it going? Been a week. I mean, other than, other than <laughs> terror. Uh, other than terror. Been playing a lot of video games. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, my girlfriend got me to start playing Animal Crossing, so I've been doing that. I'm terrible Looking at it. Looking for the best turnip prices. Oh shit! I gotta sell turnips today. <laughs> I have to sell them today. Uh, but actually, yeah, it's been. Animal Crossing and then uh, Paper Mario when when I run out of it, Animal Crossing to do. And Paper mm. Mar- the new Paper Mario is controversial because there's a fandom that's full of fucking wow. Um, and, like, I didn't... The last two games didn't grab me at all. And this one, I was just like, they're making a Paper Mario in 2020? There might be... There's still color in the world? Um, I... This like, one's about origami, right? Yeah, and it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's and my brother was playing it too. And he te- after he finished it, he texted me. He's like, "I've beaten the origami king, and it is a video game." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of the way that I feel it. It's like the battle system's way really different than any of the other video game or any of the other in the series, and the the party system lacks something to be desired, but." Um, 
that's one thing that always really annoys me is don't fuck with the battle system and stuff like the basic game mechanics should remain relatively the same from game to game um I shouldn't, if I like a series, Mm -hmm. I should not have to pick it up wondering if they're going to be doing something completely different. Like, if I, if I play, if I'm playing a series that's traditionally been a, uh, a real-time strategy game, and suddenly they put out an installment out of nowhere that's a souls like like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> anyway so yeah that's been it's been terror and that cool yep i uh i watched i watched a documentary yesterday called chris claremont's x-men oh that um, sounds nice it was and it wasn't yeah. uh i so here's the thing. I'm not a big documentary person, which is to say I'm it's not the genre of documentary is not something that I seek out because you know, it's like horror. I'll watch horror movies, but I don't watch movies because they're horror. Right. Likewise with documentaries, it has to be about something that I'm interested in for me to be to want to check it out. Um Having said that, this is, without a doubt, the worst directed documentary I've ever seen. It was interesting. Um, there were a lot of, like, I I gained... So, it's awful. <laughs> it's awful in terms of, if you're watching it, wanting a well-directed documentary, you're going to be disappointed. Sure. Um, because there were random scenes of, like, cosplayers that don't really add anything like they're just kind of there. And then there's like shots of like someone dressed as Kitty pride, reading an issue of uncanny X-Men with Kitty pride on the cover. And I'm like, no, I get it. I get it. I know. I see what are you it. doing. Yeah. But like there were shots where like if the, if you're, if you're doing an interview with someone, and the focus fucks up, or there's a mistake in terms of shooting it. I understand that because, you know, it's not scripted. Somebody's saying something. Maybe you couldn't ask them to retake it. Maybe they had somewhere they had to be, whatever. But they fucked up static shot, static shots of a comic book sitting on a table. And I'm like... You could have reshot that. That comic book didn't have anywhere to be. Like, just reshoot it. But the the movie itself was really interesting. I gained a lot of respect for Chris Claremont because it's been the last few years have been kind of a roller coaster with Chris Claremont, simply by virtue of the fact that I can't remember. The last time Chris Claremont wrote something I enjoyed. Right. That is to say, new stuff. Yeah. Um, But, whatever. Um, I had a lot of respect for him for what he'd done over the course of 20 years. Um, The thing about it is, I did not... What I did not realize was why he'd left X-Men. 
in the first place. Um, I don't know why I didn't realize it. Um, but basically what happened was, you know, he had been, he had been rehabilitating Magneto for a long fucking time. He was the one who introduced the Holocaust origin and he'd done a lot with Magneto. And then about X-Men number 150, he was like, okay, Magneto realizes he's on the wrong path and start, turns himself in and, you know, starts making an effort to change. Uh, he's then brought to the Xavier Institute by Xavier and becomes the mentor for the New Mutants. Claremont's plan had been that eventually he was going to kill off Xavier and have Magneto become the leader of the X-Men. Wow. Um, but in the early 90s, Bob Harris uh, was editor of the... Um, X titles and X-Men number one, they were getting ready to do X-Men number one and it was sort of a back to basics take on the X-Men and the word came down, Magneto's going to be a villain again. And Chris Claremont was like, but I've been doing all this work on the character and Marvel was like, no, he's going to be a villain, make him a villain. And so that's why Chris Claremont left. And he basically said, you know, they didn't have any interest in the stories I wanted to tell. And I didn't want to do the stories they wanted to tell. And I respect that immensely. Um, You know, uh, I also lost respect for Rob Liefeld. Like, (laughs) (laughs) how? Uh, Because they were talking about, they were, you know, they had Louise Simonson and Anne Nascenti in the in the documentary talking with Chris Claremont. And, you know, they were talking about how... So Louise Simonson had been working on New Mutants for a long time. Um, and New Mutants was always kind of the one of the lower sellers. Most of the X-Books were up here... New Mutants was um, lower. And first of all, it's very jarring to be cruising along and for most of the uh, for most of the documentary nobody's talking about sales figures. The only time it really came up was to say X-Men sales were flat then Giant Size X-Men came out then it was suddenly a huge hit. Um, Rob Liefeld comes in at the, toward the end of the thing, and he's just like, so most X-Books were selling like 500, 600, 700,000 copies, uh, whereas New Mutants was selling like 100,000. I came on, and then the first issue I was on sold like 115. And then it went up every issue from there. And, like, so everybody else is talking about, like, characterization and plot and, like, you know, artistic endeavor. And Rob Liefeld is just like, yeah, I sold, like, a hundred thousand. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. But also, (laughs) like, Louise Simonson was talking about why she left New Mutants. And it was because... Bob Harris brought Rob Liefeld on and had him start doing the art. And she's like, you know, 
when when Rob Liefeld started on there, he was talking about how he wanted like these big, dynamic, bombastic storylines. And so I wrote him big, dynamic, bombastic storylines. And then I'd get these art pages back and it was a bunch of people standing around posing and looking at costumes. Uh-huh. <laughs> everything. But then she says that the reason she left was because she'd send scripts to Rob Liefeld and Rob Liefeld would be like, I don't like that. I'm going to draw this instead. And so she'd get the art back and she'd have to make sense of this shit Rob Liefeld drew. Which, I'm not saying that artists shouldn't have... Like, it's a collaborative effort. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. you don't just change what the right... You know, like... The, commu- you, the communication has to be there. Right. You can say, like, hey, I had a thought for blah, blah, blah. What if? Meh. Or whatever. And... That's fine, but like, to just be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Wolverine's going to do this instead, and it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Wolverine's not in this book. Ah, but I want to draw him. <laughs> okay, but it was it was it was an interesting movie and very very interesting, but really poorly uh, directed. So yeah. <coughs> um. News! News! Uh, so there was, there was a thing on Business Insider that I guess was talking about Marvel's commitment to diversity and whether or not that's legit. And apparently, Marvel had confirmed that at one point there was talk of, um... Stripping Miles Morales of the name Spider-Man and giving him a different code name. Um, Now, I don't I don't know in what context I didn't have a chance. I was running late this morning, so I didn't really have a chance to peruse it in depth. I don't know if that was while he was still in the Ultimate Universe or after he'd made the the move to primary continuity. Um, if it were the latter, I could understand it. Sure. Simply because at that point in time, you had Peter Parker, Miles Morales, and uh, Miguel O'Hara running around, ostensibly all being called Spider Man. So, in that regard, I get it. But, you know, I don't know. It's... It's hard to say without knowing specifics whether or not that would be okay. You know, like... Well, it's all about... not, Not reasons, because... You know, it doesn't matter. It's how they do it, right? And if if they were to do it, I guess a reason, one reason, if you were just capitulating to the we're just making heroes different races because derf, and it's like 
Okay, don't bend to those assholes, Will, but like... I don't know. I'm not thinking it through real well. Uh, Like, I don't feel good about it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I don't want... I don't want them to take the Spider-Man name from him. He earned it while he was in Ultimate. Yeah. Um, and I I would rather, you know, they clearly have decided to let him keep it, and that's good. Um, yeah. So I guess that's kind of where I, I end up, is like, if they let him keep it, that's good. I want them to. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. I uh, I really should have done more reading before even bringing it up. Moving on. Yeah, uh, sorry. The externals may be coming back. Uh, so, you asked me before the show if I had any recollection of them, and I said, I don't think so, and then fell back to the right answer, which is just no. So, Kandra from... Uh, the Thieves and Assassin's Guild is an external. Uh, that one character, Gideon, is an external. Ostensibly, Apocalypse is an external. And for a while there, it was uh, there was a whole thing about Cannonball being an external. But then they're like, no, no, he's not. Uh, basically, what it is, is they're immortal mutants. Oh, okay. Um, in as much as they basically, they can be hurt, uh, and even seemingly killed, but they have what amounts to a hyperactive healing factor. Um, I seem to recall that one got the legacy virus at one point, but... I could never really be bothered to care about externals because they were always sort of uh, an X-Force thing more than anything else. And for a long time, I did not give a shit about externals because Rob Liefeld. But, uh, but Cable had always made a thing about how the externals were like a big deal in the time he came from. So, I don't know. I I don't know how... I don't really care one way or the other. Um, I don't hate the idea enough to not want them to bring it back, but I'm also not, like, super stoked about it. I guess it'll depend on whether, you know they do anything worthwhile with it you know yeah because i mean you know comics comics has shown time and again that even the dumbest ideas can in the right hands become something worthwhile Mm -hmm. um so you know it'll be interesting to see what they do with it uh the last thing is also X-Men related. Um, there has been, for a long time, a... Excuse me. A member of the Marauders. 
named John Greycrow, who goes by the name of Scalp Hunter. Um, and in issue two of Hellions, um, they renamed him to just Greycrow. Um, which, cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't think. I don't think having a character of indigenous descent with the name Scalp or with the word Scalp in their name is the best idea in general. Like, no. It's. It's really really kind of tone deaf so at in 2020 like when he first showed up you know that's it was the 80s but in 2020 yeah don't keep naming or don't keep calling him well that and i don't know if there was any like in the story because i don't read hellions but like if there's any like mention of it like if they work through it or anything nope. like that if it's just different name now <laughs> it's just it literally the only the only thing about it is the cast the cast list cuz all of the dawn of x books have had a dramatis personae at the beginning uh the first issue said Scalp Hunter. The second issue said Grey Crow. That was it. Um, and yeah, like I said before we started recording, it, it's like more proof that we can just do this. Yeah. Right? Like, you can just change it and nobody will... You don't have to make a big deal about it. You don't have to... It can still be the same character. We're all just calling them by a different name now. That's fine. Whatever. I mean, it happens all the time anyway. And especially for a relatively minor character, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. You're not... It's not... It's not like it's going to affect a media franchise. Yeah. It's one dude in a group shot. Yeah. <laughs> like... Who's I almost always in a group shot. There are... I doubt seriously that most people, if they had to, could pick out which member of the Marauders... Like, even if you told them, hey, this is the Marauders, one of those characters is called Scalp Hunter, who do you think it is? Like, I don't think anybody would just be like, oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, I know this. Yeah. No... So, you don't. Whatever. Uh, moving on. All right. Comics. Sure. Uh, Nova number 15 has a cover by John Buscema. Buscema, excuse me. Joe Sinnott and Irving Watanabe. Written by Marv Wolfman. Penciled by Carmine Infantino. Uh, inked by Tom Palmer. Colored by Irene Vartanoff. And lettered by Gaspar Saladino and John Costanza, and then edited by Marv Wolfman. Uh, Nova and Crime Buster team up to stop some dudes from doing a thing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Mike Burley tries to uh, break into a lab to steal a thing, 
uh, and is stopped. Um, Rich's dad meets with the inner circle and is just like, um, hey, thanks for the help. And they're like, yeah, now you've got to do what we tell you to do. Um, and then the rest of the issue, this is, I hate this. I hate this. So the cover is all about Nova fighting all these other heroes. It's LMDs. It's LMDs of the various heroes. And it turns out that he's being tested by Nick Fury, uh, who wants to uh, recruit Nova to help him take on Yellow Claw. Like I said, have, have the characters in the book or don't, but like this shit of the cover being like, oh, so-and-so fights all of these people, and then it's like a fucking dream, or they're fighting robots, is stupid, and I hate it. I hate it. Especially because you could have done something better with the cover. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It could just be him streaking across the Hudson. He does that a lot. And... Yeah. And that would have been dynamic, too. I know that they put the heroes on the cover to sell the book, but... Um, oh, Iron Man's in this one, finally. I'll do that. Like, imagine how goddamn cheated if you were 8 or 10, and you were like, Oh, cool, Iron Man's in this Nova book that I haven't given a shit about for ever, because I don't know what it is. And then you open it up and you read it, and then you find out that no, Iron Man's not. Iron Man's only in it for two pages, and no, it is an Iron Man. It was an LMD, and it was actually Nick Fury. You'd have been furious as a 10 year old. As a 10 year old who had that happen, not with this, but with other stuff, I can yeah. tell you I was pissed yeah. when it happened. And I get that they have to sell books, but covers that lie to you yeah. outright are bullshit and I hate them yeah so uh, so yeah it's that's the upshot of the uh, Fury reveals that he knows that Nova is Richard Ryder but honestly I'm surprised more people don't um, yeah so whatever uh, Nova, number 16, has a cover by Keith Pollard and Ed Hannigan, Frank Giacoya, Danny Crespi, and is lettered by Joe Rosen. Uh, Nova is called in by, by Fury right as his dad winds up getting arrested um, because he was involved in a robbery. Um, and honestly, like this, this run of Nova is kind of annoying because Richard goes out of his way to alienate everyone around him. And then at the end, he's just like, I'm really sorry guys. And everybody's just like, it's okay, Rich. We understand. And it's just kind of like, you know, I like no. well that it in the end he tells 
Ginger, he's like, you know, I was an asshole, and I'm sorry, but I literally cannot tell you why, and I need you to be that be okay with that. And she's like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, and no, this girl is smarter than that. She's been, she's proven to be smarter than that, and I want her to be like, no, fuck you. What is going on? Either tell me what's going on, or it's not okay. I don't care. Yeah. Like, those are the rules, and uh, you have to make that choice. And then he just tells her that he's Nova, and because everybody else already knows, and then he's got an ally. The thing is, I'm not going to say that's unrealistic, because there are a lot of people who are very smart that do very stupid shit when their relationships are involved. So I can't say... Oh, well, it's completely unrealistic so that she'd just be like, okay, but sure. It's really annoying that she does. Um, So, yeah. um, But there's a fight against Yellow Claw. Um, Nick Fury and Nova are taken captive and strapped to a nuclear missile. Um, And... The, um, they are aimed at a spy satellite, but then the missile gets redirected by somebody else. Um, at which point they're like, okay, well, it's headed toward Washington, D.C. now. Cliffhanger! Um, there is a part of me that... If I were involved in things like this, I would absolutely have the missile hit in Washington, D.C., and the star of the book dies. Like, there's a part of me that thinks that would be fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> and, uh... That's why it's probably a good thing I'm not in charge of these things. Because, yeah, I would totally just be like, yep, they die in a nuke. End (laughs) of book. Uh, So Nova number 17 has a cover by Carmine Infantino, Tom Palmer, and Annette Kowecki. Um, Nova manages to redirect the missile into the ocean, and he and Fury get free. Um... Rich returns to class after all of this because, you know, whatever. Uh, And this is the point at which he tells all his friends to go fuck themselves. Um, He goes to visit his dad and his family is just like, where the fuck have you been? Um, And he's just like, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm out. Um, Shh. So, uh, he then meets back up with Fury and they, uh, go after Yellow Claw. Um, and, uh, it winds up that Nick Fury is outside battling alongside the forces of S.H.I.E.L.D. while Nova goes after Yellow Claw himself. 
Yeah. Uh, what? I don't know. He holds his own fairly well for the first part of this fight. He does okay. Yeah. Uh, overall, he's still making some some rookie mistakes. Um, the uh, the interesting thing in all of this is there's a wave that's getting ready to hit New York caused by Yellow Claw, so S.H.I.E.L.D. is trying to shut that down. Um, and they managed to get <coughs> it to the point where it still hits, but it just kind of slaps at it rather than laying the place to waste like. Um, so Nova number 18 has a cover by Carmine Infantino, Joe Sinnott, and John Costanza and is inked by The Tribe and colored by Irene Vartanov and Mary Titus. Um, so, Nova keeps fighting uh, Yellow Claw, but he keeps... Uh, he keeps being fooled by Yellow Claw. Like, yeah. at one point, Yellow Claw makes Nova think that he's on fire. So Nova, like, dives into the water, but then he's like, I'm still burning. Oh, you idiot, he can fuck with your head. Okay. Um, Yellowclaw manages to escape, and Nick Fury's like, well, you done good, kid. Go home. <laughs> and, uh, that was that. Um... Rich reconciles with his family and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going through some shit. And they're like, it's okay. And then he meets up with Ginger and he's like, I'm really sorry. I've been going through some shit. And she's like, yeah, I heard about your dad. Why wouldn't you talk to me? And he's like, I've just, it's been hard. And uh, so everybody forgives him because he's been going through all this shit. Robert, meanwhile, um, at one point had followed Rich upstairs and then suddenly Rich's clothes were just on the bed. So at the end of this issue, Robert's like, no, there's something going on with Rich and I'm going to find out what it is. And so. Whoop. Yeah. Not a lot here. I mean, they're really, I mean, it's. There's not a lot that really feels furthered other than the bits with Rich's dad. Um, everything else kind of feels like a just treading water. Well, the his brother sort of inching toward figuring it out too, or figuring out the secret identity is like some movement, but there's just not a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I just... I can't really be bothered to give a fuck. Um, sure. So, uh, Daredevil, number 152. Um, Matt is kind of uh, dealing with the... Or, I'm sorry. Daredevil, number 152... 
is uh, has a cover by Gil Kane and Klaus Janssen and is written by Roger McKenzie, penciled by Carmine Infantino, paint <coughs> by Klaus Janssen, colored by George Russo's, lettered by Bruce Patterson, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, Matt is kind of dealing with the fallout from Heather finding out he's Daredevil. They go to the funeral for Heather's father. Uh, Foggy Foggy gets pissed off and punches a uh, a journalist. Um, and uh, Foggy while Daredevil's out swinging around, Foggy is like trying to get a hold of um, Debbie and considering drinking, but then he's just like, no, I don't need it. Um, so Daredevil, uh, <laughs> Daredevil goes over and kidnaps Debbie, beats up her bodyguard and, uh, abducts her, um, and then takes her to the park where he knows Foggy is going to be going for a walk, uh, and they reconcile. Meanwhile, so there's some, uh, there is some intrigue going on, and it turns out to be Paladin chasing a guy who perhaps knows where, um, Purple Man is. In the process, Daredevil gets shot and goes down. Uh, and it's when he comes to, he wakes up, goes home, gets a call from Heather, um, saying, oh, thank God I got a hold of you. Please come to my place. We need to talk. Um, Daredevil starts to head there and it turns out that it is a trap. Uh, Daredevil number, number 153 has a cover by Gene Colan and Klaus Janssen and is penciled by Gene Colan, inked by Tony DeZuniga, colored by Mary Titus, lettered by Denise Wall, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, Daredevil, Daredevil heads to Heather's place. And it turns out that she is being held captive by Hyde and uh, and Cobra. Uh, there's a big tussle. Um, and at the end of it, uh, Hyde disappears with Daredevil down a manhole. And yeah, so they get away. They get away, and they abduct um, Daredevil. The one thing that's really noteworthy about this issue is that it is the first appearance of Ben Urich. Um, I wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the whole thing is... It's given a bit of a framing device with Ben Urich writing a story about what happened between Daredevil and Hyde and Cobra. Um, mm -hmm. 
But yeah, this is the first time uh, that Ben Yurik appears. So, oh, and during the fight, he loses his billy club too. Yeah. So that's only important for the fights to come forward. Yeah, coming up. Yep. Um. So, Daredevil number one fifty four has a cover by Gene Colan and Steve Leoloa and is inked and colored by Steve Leoloa, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Bob Hall. Um, Daredevil comes to in an arena surrounded by yelling uh, people. Uh, Heather is there, as is Purple Man, and Purple Man forces Daredevil to fight... Uh, Hyde, Cobra, Jester, Gladiator, um, and so on. Uh, Paladin shows up, and he and Daredevil uh, fight everybody. At the end of this, um, the Purple Man escapes up the stairs. He had been using Heather to force Daredevil to fight by making her hold a gun to her head. Yeah. Um, but things turn against him, so he flees. Uh, runs up some stairs. Daredevil follows and uh, Purple Man hits him with a spotlight. Um, and he's like, oh shit, I thought you were just pretending to be blind as Matt Murdock. But in fact, you really are blind. Oh, fuck. And so they have a... He leaps at... uh, He leaps at Daredevil. And Daredevil, of course, is just like... Whoop! And sidesteps. (laughs) And Purple Man seemingly falls to his death. Um, The one thing that I find really odd about this is that... Purple Man is, like, announcing Matt Murdock's secret identity in this arena. So, like, everybody should be hearing it. So, how is it so long before anybody finds out Matt Murdock is Daredevil? I don't know. But he also, he has, like, the power to make people forget specific things as well. And yeah, maybe since he never yeah, he he didn't really he never believe does. it. He never does. He never does that. No. He doesn't have time to just be like, okay, everybody, forget what I just told you. <laughs> like, he dies, and so all those people heard that and now know. I guess so, I I don't know. Frank Miller really can't get here soon enough to at least provide some consistency to some of this shit. That's true. Uh, wow. Um, that brings us to Champions number 14, which has a cover by Gil Kane and Al Milgram and is written by Bill Mantlo and John Byrne, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Glynis Ween, Lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Irving Watanabe, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, this issue is kind of annoying because we continue with the whole uh, 
somebody's ripping off the champions. Um, because Iceman and uh, Hercules and get attacked Hercules by, they yeah. get attacked by their own security system at the champions tower uh, and are still kind of fighting it while everybody else meaning Black Widow Johnny and what is her name? It's Darkstar. Ileana. Lanya? Lanya. Uh. Lanya. Lanya. Are at the dock seeing Ivan off as he heads back to uh, Russia to do crimes, probably. It's unclear. (laughs) Um. Oh, well, he's 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 definitely taken in by hoodlums. Um, meanwhile, there's a different guy getting off this boat who's got a briefcase and he's attacked by exploding bees, I think. Um, and they're giant robot bees. So they are at the docks fighting these giant robot bees. We switch back to the it, tower... It's... It's frustrating because this is kind of a week of firsts in that we have the first Ben Yurik, but then we also have the first Nazi B-Man. And if you're unfamiliar with the swarm, it's one of those things that simply telling you doesn't really do it justice. Um, It's kind of like Man-Thing, only dumb. Yeah, so basically <laughs> like, what it is, it's it's a Nazi who merged with a swarm of bees. Inside the swarm of bees are his bones. Yeah. And the bees collectively share his consciousness, which again should be noted is that of a Nazi war criminal. He was hiding in Argentina, and then... And so this guy with the briefcase was a Nazi hunter, and I don't even remember why he was so after the... No idea. uh, The briefcase. Do not remember... Uh, but he, the guy with the briefcase gets swarmed, uh, but the... Oh, the, the Interpol agent had the queen. Oh, okay, right. Uh. They managed to keep the briefcase, though. Yeah. Um, the Interpol agent dies, uh, and around that time, uh, Johnny and Hercules, uh, finish fighting the security system and at that moment uh angel who's been nowhere this whole story so far just comes flying in through a window um crashing through a window and is like oh god they're here they're everywhere look out look at the sky and it's just you know billions of bees i like to imagine angel flies into windows a lot but that's (laughs) just because 
Like a pigeon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I like to imagine he's just like a big pigeon. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just like, oh god, the bees! Um, yeah. Oh boy. Uh, and Champions number 15 is... has a cover by Al Milgram and John Costanza and is written by Bill Mantlow, colored by Irene Vartanoff, and lettered by Bruce Patterson. And yeah, he... Swarm tries to... or attacks to try and get the queen. Uh, he tries to use Bobby and Darkstar um, to free the queen, which Darkstar agrees to because... She keeps hearing the, like, psychic screams of the queen. Um, so she does. Swarm then mutates the queen into a giant. Because why the fuck not? Um, but then Hercules throws the queen as far as he possibly can. Uh, which causes the bees to just be like, fuck you and take off and then like swarms bones clatter to the floor in case you thought this wasn't stupid enough I guess my question is the queen is in, encased in amber um Before why she's didn't released. she die I don't Why was this man's skeleton in the, in these bees? Well, I'm just I'm look, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for the bee man with the skeleton inside of it who was a Nazi. Uh but yeah, how Okay, well, Amber is not a preservation. That. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for the bee man that was a Nazi who has a skeleton inside him to a certain extent. The fact that the swarm makes appearances in the modern day. Sure. I have a problem with because all those bees should be dead. But. How does the queen survive being encased in amber? Why are we talking about Nazi bee man? Why? Why? Oh, and also Ivan leaves, but who cares? Yeah. Um, but. Not the best champion story, and that's saying something. Oh, also, uh, Johnny and everybody are fighting each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. because. Except that maybe they start making up while they save the city from the bees. I kind of liked that moment where it was like. Where Warren and Johnny had to go out do actual heroing while we, the, everybody else fought Swarm. Um, mm. Like saving buses full of children and things like that. Yeah. I just, you know, I have... I have a really hard time. You know, it's hard to make a case that comics are art (coughs) 
when you're then forced to sit and talk about the Nazi beats. Um, it's really difficult to to do that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Bees, bees. Eternals number fourteen has the cover by Jack Kirby and Mike Royer, and is written by Jack Kirby, penciled by Jack Kirby. Inked by Mike Royer, colored by Glennis Ween, lettered by Mike Royer, and edited by Jack Kirby. Bleh. So, the Unimind ends. Um, but, and this is what bugs me about this, is the fact that later they try to make this have happened in the mainstream Marvel Universe. Um, some college students have built a Hulk robot because a lot of people on the team are Hulk fans. Yeah. Um, but they treat, they talk about it as the Marvel character, the Hulk. Right. Not the guy who exists and occasionally smashes entire towns. The Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah. Uh, but so they build this Hulk robot. The Unimind causes said Hulk robot to be imbued with cosmic energy and come online and start smashing shit up. So Icarus, Makari... And Cersei uh, travel to the United States um, to deal with it, and they fight the robot, and it's it's a shit show. Uh, not in terms of the way it's presented; that it's fine, but like yeah, it's it's for them. It's a shit show. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, they be- get their asses handed to them by this robot for like. Yeah several pages like Makari yeah. gets put down for a while um, yep. and Icarus is straight losing to this robot at, almost at the end of it until he reveals that he's had these disintegration rays that come out of his fucking eyes um, <laughs> the whole time and he that's where we end this this fight or this issue is with him blasting him with the disintegration rays um and again and again the cover presents this as oh shit the hulk is in this issue but it's a goddamn robot right so yeah icarus fires his disintegration eye beams and they don't really do anything uh, but we don't find that out until the beginning of issue 15 which is has a cover by Jack Kirby John Verporten and John Romita and is edited by Jack Kirby though I don't know why I put that uh, yeah so the disintegration rays don't do anything the fight continues across you know the city um until eventually 
uh, Zerus shows up and he's like, no, no, let me handle this. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, that doesn't actually help. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, it's, uh, it's whatever. Uh, so Zerus shows up and he's just like, no, no, I'll be the one to decide this fight. And, uh, <clears throat> so then Eternals number, uh, 16 has a cover by Jack Kirby, Frank Giacoya, and Danny Crespi, and is edited by Jack Kirby and Archie Goodwin. Um, the Hulk throws, the Hulk throws some shit at, uh, Zerus, and Zerus just, like, puts his hand, his hands, on the Hulk robot, um, which causes the cosmic energy powering the robot to start just pouring out of it. Mm -hmm. Um... So the Hulk robot flees, but then uh, the Hulk robot tunnels into the ground. I do like that there's a, there's a, uh, there's a panel here where the shadow on Hulk's nose kind of makes it look like <laughs> if Hitler became the Hulk, um, <laughs> I am looking at that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But this is this is the last we see of the Hulk robot cuz the Hulk robot the Hulk robot disappears into the ground and everybody's like, "Oh shit. That's where it went because there's like cosmic energy pouring out." But then there's a huge explosion and everybody runs there and then like uh, Icarus and Makari are grabbed by something underground. Um, so Zerus and Cersei go in, and it turns out that there was some tomb uh, that was um, that was designed to trap this thing called Dramadan. Um, and so Zerus goes in after it. Dramadan causes Icarus and Makari to fight each other to the death. Uh, but then Zerus steps in. Um, and uh, so Zerus goes up against Dramadan and is attempting to put a neutralizer helmet on it. Uh, so Dramadan, like, sets him on fire and turns him to stone, but none of it does anything. Uh, so, yeah, it ends on a cliffhanger with them kind of squaring off. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but then in Eternals number 17, which has a cover by Jack Kirby, Frank Giacoya, and Irving Watanabe, 
Um, sorry, I'm trying to see. Dramadan was... Uh, Dramadan was bred by the Deviants as a weapon against the Eternals, but he was too strong. Um, so... Um, the thing is that, um, later it was retconned in, uh, in a Thor annual that Thor had fought the Dramadan previously, um, but so this is not the first time the Dramadan has stirred apparently um so whatever um and so uh Zurus fights um Dramadan alongside Icarus and Makari but um it is only when Cersei gets involved and starts making a snake attack it and so forth that then um, Cersei is able to create a bunch of additional uh, Icarus Icari <laughs> um, I'd go with Icari Icari uh, yeah yeah Hypotenuse, hypoten. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but then <laughs> the uh, Dramadan defeats the Hulk robot, ostensibly. Sure. Uh, the severely depowered he. Hulk robot. The disintegration beams from Icarus's eyes do nothing to the Hulk robot, but they work against Dramadan, which allow him. He explodes. Um. So, I don't know. It's it's fucking. I hate Eternals so goddamn much. Whatever. Um, I don't know. I like the part where, to turn the tide of the fight, Cersei comes out of nowhere, and first she, you know, basically brings the fight to a halt, but with the the attack on the with the snakes and stuff, and yeah. then Dramadan tries to go after her mind, and she's like, "Oh no, fuck that! Everybody, get ready." Um, yeah. I like that part because she hasn't gotten a, to do a lot except be kind of sassy in the background. Um, sassy and horny. Yeah, and that's been disappointing, but so that it, at least, it you know, I like when she gets to be like, oh, 
No, I'm actually fucking scary when I want to be. Like, you should not fuck with me. And yeah, I enjoyed that. So yeah, it... the rest of it's just kind of slow and plodding. And but then they even like as soon as they get done with this, Zerus is like. Cersei, I told you to stay where you were. It was too dangerous. And she's like, what the fuck, man? I'm the one that saved everyone. And Cersei yeah. is like, brr, 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 brr. Um, But we end up having a stand around and pat Icarus on the back for some reason I don't really remember. Um, because he blew up Dramadan. Oh, okay. Um... And switch to the final scene in this is switching to Druig, which I think is his brother, Icarus's older brother, I believe, um, telling one of his science dudes to. Yeah, it is one of his brothers. Um, to release the thing, we're gonna make the weapon. It's going to be great, even though her, his father told him not to do it. And he's like, fuck that, let's do it. So, uh, yeah. They're gonna make a thing. Then the title, the teaser for the next issue is called To Kill a Space God. So I uh, assume. Druig is a cousin of Icarus, apparently. Oh. Um,. The, yeah, like I said, the teaser for the next issue is to kill a space god, so I assume whatever Druig here is up to is a weapon that he thinks will kill a celestial. Yeah. And I, I imagine that goes poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <sighs> so. I just, I hate Eternals so goddamn much. Uh... Captain Marvel, speaking of hating shit so goddamn much, uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel number 50 has a cover by Al Milgram and is written by Scott Edelman, penciled by Al Milgram, inked by Terry Austin, colored by Petra Goldberg and Roger Slifer, lettered by Jim Novak, and edited by Archie Goodwin. Um, so... After the uh, after the stuff with the the spirit the virus of the spirit, um, uh, so Captain Marvel is still. Uh, in Texas at this farm, the farmhouse of these people from the previous issues. Iron Man, meanwhile, is getting ready to, is testing this new life support thing when he is attacked by the super adaptoid. Uh, the super adaptoid shows up, copies Iron Man's abilities, and then is just like, okay, well, we're too evenly matched, so I'm out. So, he throws a piece of the thing that's being tested at the people on the sidelines. Iron Man goes to catch it, at which point Super Adaptoid makes his escape. 
Captain Marvel leaves the te- the uh, the Wilford helm, uh, <laughs> where Macron is there, and Ronan is like completely fucked in the head and is just like chilling and wearing overalls because why not um we needed to put some pants on him no <laughs> you didn't he was fine no he's that indecent was perfectly okay uh, th- no he's wearing armor that's battle armor no 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 around these parts we're gonna cover up our uh cover up our shame what about no i'm telling you it doesn't look like that this is all it, it, it's it's nigh impenetrable armor invented by yeah son i'm gonna have to you know ask you to quit fighting me on this all right put pants on him um whatever <laughs> um so marvell heads back to uh new york where rick has a show uh <clears throat> the the show goes off without a hitch meanwhile dr minerva in her first appearance is watching all of this just being like i have plans for you marvell and it's yeah, just like i love okay minerva just scheming at a screen it's like okay i guess you must be bad show yeah. don't tell god damn it <laughs> Yep. Like if we skip uh, those pages where she's like on her way or any of that and he doesn't know because neither Rick nor Marvell have any fucking clue that she's on her way. If we just skip those panels and she just busts out of the fucking sky and punches him in the fucking dick, then that would be awesome. Right? Yeah. Like where the shit did this come from? Holy yeah. shit. That would be great. Yeah. But so... Uh, the show, the show, uh, goes on and people are just like crazy for Rick's music. So after the show, Jarvis comes in and he's like, would you like to come back to Avengers Mansion for, uh, Coco and maybe some sex? And, uh, Rick is just like, yeah, of course. Sounds like a party. Uh, so they, so they do. Uh, but then the super adaptoid attacks uh, before they get there. And the super adaptoid is adapting and throwing people around, and it's a mess. So Jar- Rick and Jarvis show up, and Rick's like, oh, well, I better, you know. And so he clangs the negabands together, and Marvel uh, becomes involved. And it's going poorly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because the adaptoid is just like wrecking house. Um, Marvel, everyone is like. Eventually, everyone's like, uh, "You gotta go, man. We're already getting fucked up, and if he takes your powers, we're all fucked. Like, you gotta go." And Marvel is like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, actually, we want that to happen. And he just lands right in front of the adaptoid. And uh, This part I like. This, this part, part I, I like. I like this as a good... It's a good plan because yeah. everyone, like, Scarlet Witch and Captain America are both like, 
get the fuck out of here and he's like no we want this and he lands the adaptoid starts you know taking on his powers as well and immediately the cosmic awareness just explodes in his head mm-hmm. and he basically can't like he can't do anything um yeah like his whole he just starts looking around at shit like yeah what and at that point marvell jumps up and because i guess it's just that perfect uh he jumps up and grabs the while he's still just stunned by the vastness of the cosmos he uh um, grabs his wrists and bangs the negabands that had been forming on his on the super adaptoid slaps them together and then he switches place with brick jones which is like hooray that's that's the part i don't like oh really uh, you don't think it should work primar- that way primarily because just leave it alone like why do we have to keep doing this shit i like I think it's good that they're separated. I don't like that we have to keep Rick a part of the fucking book. Like, well, that that it's just it's like pick a thing <laughs> and do it. But this shit of being like now Rick is free, now he's not. Now he's free, and they both kind of have a bit of power. But now they're not. And it's just like, just fucking choose. I don't care what it is. I, it could, I don't care. I don't care if when Rick slams the negabands together, he turns into a Pomeranian and Marvell is free. Just as long as it lasts more than a couple of issues. Like, it doesn't matter to me what it is. Just fucking pick something. I want this, and this lasts till the end of the book, doesn't it? I don't know. I don't know if we got that far. Did we get, are we that far? I think, I think it lasts till like 60 something. I don't know. Anyway. So, Captain Fucking Marvel, number 51, has a cover by Al Milgram and Irving Watanabe, inked by Terry Austin and Al Milgram, colored by Irene Vartanov, lettered by Gaspar Saladino and Joe Rosen. Um, this issue has two things going on. Number one, Rick goes to see Mordecai P. Boggs or whatever the fuck. And uh, Mordecai has printed up a ton of posters that have Rick's picture surrounded by pictures of the Avengers. And Rick is like, no, we're not doing that. No. And it's... It's hard to reconcile (laughs) this when... Later, Rick Jones writes a book about being sidekick to a ton of people. And it's just kind of like, well, which is it, Rick? Do you have principles or not? Um, so That's whatever. in Runaways, right? 
Do what? Is that in Runaways? He had... Because it was in Hulk, I think, that he wrote the book. Oh. I forget. I don't know. I know that he, uh, he goes to the... Shit, it's not Runaways. What is that? Um, fucking... Dark... It's not Dark Star. It's uh, Dark... Dark Hawk? Dark Hawk is in the book with his support group for former your former side teen heroes yeah teen heroes and, uh, or yeah support group for former teen heroes because chamber was in there uh so was um turbo yeah uh julie power and uh ricochet from the slingers yeah um so yeah and he shows up to that to be like, don't worry, guys, I'm rich now. Everything will be fine. And they're like, what? Fuck you. Yeah, I... Anyway. Uh, Rick also has a meetup with the uh, the Teen Brigade. Uh... Which is about as sad as you'd expect. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, it's... They're just like... Like, one of them's a chartered accountant. And it's just like, woo! Yeah! yeah. Helped bring the Avengers together. And now... Now I'm a chartered accountant. Woo! Yeah, the other one sells CB radios... Uh, the other the third is a is a cop and oh yeah yeah i forgot about he <laughs> shit goes down and he pulls out his gun and starts shooting and the other yeah and the tall guy is like knock that shit off what are you doing yeah um anyway so the 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 main thrust of this issue is actually uh marvel fighting mercurio the 3d man um, or no, the 4D man, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he eventually, so they start fighting in New York and eventually Mercurio manages to get him to chill out and try to explain to him what he's trying to do. And he sa- tells him that he needs him to come to his dimension so that he can help him save it from, uh, a slow and ma- painful death. Uh, while by using some of the cosmic energy that he has access to to basically jumpstart their universe I'm not sure um, eventually Marvel's like well okay since you asked so nicely by trying to shoot me in the back I will go with you as soon as they jump dimensions he's um, beset again by it was another trap. Mercurio is like, no, of course my Norals are not dying. It's actually doing pretty great. I just want to murder you. Um, and while Rick Jones is taken by Minerva while they're uh, while he's reminiscing with the all with the team brigade, uh, Marvel beats Mercurio 
grabs the thing that lets him go back to uh, his dimension and does. And he's like, don't ever come back to my dimension, you dick. Um, and that's kind of it. Yeah, it's... <clears throat> it's... It's a pretty... Fine. It's I have fine. Read, it's I have read worse. Abru- it's a fairly abrupt thing. Because it's just like, attacks Marvel, then he's just like, wait, 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 I need your help. Um, and the whole, you know, he needs the Omniwave projector, fine. Um, just, it's, it's, the abrupt heel turn is kind of obvious, um, and... You don't you don't even get an opportunity. I guess it would have been better had there been more setup for his heel turn. Uh had it been like he's like, "Wait, I need your help. My planet is dying again." Uh and then like Mar suckered Marvel along for a while. Mm-hmm. Then I guess it would have carried more weight, but the but it's literally he's just like no no my planet needs your help and he's like okay I'll help you and then he's just like ha ha and it's just it carries no weight whatsoever so yeah the decision to make his the Mercurio di- dimension like fine <laughs> yeah it sort of undercuts that because he could have you know taken him through the portal shown him around a bit been like no really it is this bad if because the whole thing was you know we can't give you the omni wave projector because it's way too fucking dangerous like we're not allowed to make one anymore if i if i tell you how to make one then i you know i don't know that i trust you enough with it right and uh yeah Kind of a, kind of a, not a lot in this week, I guess. Yeah, like, there wasn't really a lot that was terrible enough to talk about for any length of time, other than me hating Eternals. Uh, Yeah, but there's nothing specific. There wasn't really enough good to talk about a lot so yeah how about that weather right yeah I know it's been weird I guess they're playing baseball yeah why seems like a bad idea they've already had like several COVID cases (laughs) yeah they have and I'm just like (laughs) duh the Marlins (laughs) had like eight in one day it's bad i get it it sucks you want baseball but you know like oh no they're they're freaking out about money they don't give a shit about baseball that's the only no i'm i'm talking about the fans i'm talking about the fans being like we want baseball we want football and it's just like well yeah but if you want it bad enough that you're willing to make people die for it then you're an asshole yeah uh 
That's why anytime I get really on like the first um, Penguins game is going to be tonight, and I'm like, I don't want to. Like, no. <laughs> guys, uh-uh. just call it. It's fine. Anyway, I guess we're done. We should top five then. I guess. I don't. I don't. I really don't have anything else to to add. I do want to. I do want to say I had try. So I tried to reach out on Facebook to see what people want. Oh. Um, and I want to know. Like I want to know. Is there something you would like to see us do? Um, you know, whatever that may be. I've I've floated a few ideas for some stuff we can do uh, in private, but I I want to know what you all want to see even if it's just to tell us hey you guys are fine keep doing what you're doing like weigh in or even pieces of the show parts of the show that you enjoy that uh you know i don't know we could highlight more or uh spend more time on the books spend less time on the books don't do news do news do lots of news don't even do news, but talk about uh, your cats for twenty minutes. Like sometimes we do the Transformers Roundup. I'll take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just like let us let us let us know. Um, yeah. You know, I I find it really funny because um, my daughter my daughter likes the YouTuber Unspeakable. Which I hate, but whatever. There's nothing... I have yet to see anything offensive enough that I can just be like, you're not watching this anymore. But that doesn't mean you're not hunting. Oh, I'm... I'm on top of it. I'm like, (laughs) what did he say? Oh, no. It's fine. Damn it. Uh, That he really likes puppies? (laughs) Darn. Uh... The, pre- the thing is, because of that, you know, he keeps talking about, hey, we've got merch, go buy a t-shirt. And my daughter is like, you should do merch, daddy. <laughs> and it's like, well, no. <laughs> because, because, I mean, like. That sounds like a pain in the ass, A, B. Um, I don't know that anybody's interested in that. Well, we don't have a catchphrase. It's one of those things of, you know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that like podcasts tend to do, I'm not going to do because we have no engagement, you know? Yeah. Like we have one or two people uh that are that are um somewhat involved and that's great. Um but those people are not enough to warrant doing anything like that. Yeah. I would honestly like I would I think our new uh our new artwork would look great as like a banded tee. Sure. But I'm not gonna make that because you know. So yeah. I don't know you know, I'm just saying like uh, you know, if you if there's something you want us to do, you got to let us know. Uh, if you think everything's perfect the way it is and you want us to just keep doing what we're doing, tell us that. Uh, whatever. If 
fucking just tell us what you want. So, anyway. Um, top five. Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top Five. One thing I did, uh, I did forget to mention about the portion uh, uh, of that movie, which has um, Rob Liefeld in it. Mm-hmm. My my favorite part is that when they're interviewing um, the um, when they're interviewing Rob Liefeld, they have an interview with a, a friend of Rob Liefeld's who exists in this movie. Literally, to show up and just be like, "Yeah, Rob would uh, Rob would show me character designs he'd come up with. He'd be like, "Hey, this is a guy I came up with who's called Deadpool. What do you think? Is it does he look cool?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, he does, Rob." And that's literally all the dude is there to say, and it's just like, "Thanks, your input has been valuable." <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Uh, good to know Rob had friends at one point. Um, he didn't. Come on. Um, all right, top five. Top we're gonna, five. We're gonna do this. Um, so, number fine, fine, whatever. Uh, put pants on him if you really want to. I don't care. Um,. He's wearing impenetrable armor, but if you want to put overalls on this, on Ronin, go for it. Uh, number four. Uh, D&D... Daredevil does a kidnapping and assault, but it's okay. Because that's uh, for real what happened. He did just break into the mansion, beat up a bodyguard, and steal a woman. and that. But it was fine. Uh, number three, the Eternals, the Eternals getting their asses kicked by the Hulk robot. Um, now that's weird, but I actually do like it because it's, A, it's the first time that we're actually getting kind of, I mean, I, we're 15 books in and this is actually the first fight of like showing me what Icarus, Makari, and Cersei are capable of. And that's because we've been doing a lot of deviance crap. Um, Fina, I guess, was rad in that one issue a couple of while, a couple few readings ago. But like, this is the first time I really get a feeling of like what um, Icarus and Makari, especially, are can do. Um, I mean, I know they're getting their ass kicked at the time, but like that's that's still good it's informing me of what they're like what they actually are uh number two is uh cersei kicking ass when she shows up to stop the dromedon um 
and number one is the cosmic awareness attack in Captain Marvel because that was actually clever and I enjoyed that was a good use of that um, yeah <laughs> it's tailored made for the super adaptoid but it was still a good plan and I liked it I like it when my hero has a good plan even though everybody else thinks it's a bad plan yeah yeah so that's me okay well uh number five for me is like you kidnapping fixes everything sure because uh, why the fuck not um number four uh i just enjoy saying nazi b-man <laughs> uh it's a lot of fun and uh i enjoy it immensely and i won't i won't apologize for that that's the one reason that i give a rat's ass about swarm is because i get to i get to refer to him as the nazi b-man um yep. number three uh i i like i like that rick uh shuts down the poster it seems incongruous sure uh but i like that he does it here um it uh it was good number two um is uh ben urich hooray ben urich hooray i've forgotten about that yeah you're right uh and the number one is uh the the super adaptoid um i like the whole oh shit cosmic awareness moment and i like the whole uh banging together his negabands to get rid of him even though i don't like like the whole point <laughs> is that rick and captain marvell are linked through the negabands why would why would banging his negabands together drawn rick into this universe shouldn't it have been like shouldn't he have like banged them together and then nihilus is there that actually would have been funny as hell just like, like what the fuck and it's just blastar and you're like what the oh shit yeah so Whoops. i don't know i just uh i was annoyed by the rick part of it but the rest of it was good so mm -hmm. uh so next uh, next week next week i forget what we have uh we have just a hodgepodge of random shit uh mostly it's ms marvel and marvel team up uh, but there's like random issue. There's an Iron Man annual, some Avengers, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so yeah, join us for that. Um, and, uh, in the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, both individually and at Watchers Guide MU. Uh, email us at watchersguide@gmail.com or visit our website at watchersguide.com uh, and have a marvelous week.
Bye.